Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 99 The Ville Market as Dave Skull uh, out here at uh, the back door. Starting to fill up in here. So come by and say hello to us. We've got one more hour to go before we send you off uh, into your weekend, Conference Championship weekend, uh, Louisville and Notre Dame uh, this weekend. And it's the final weekend uh, of the, the second, I guess, recruiting period for football before uh, your rosters are, are largely in place. Uh, we had mentioned uh, a little bit uh, earlier uh, that was your good Bob Valvano impression. I'm there. sorry. Uh, I, okay. I, it's tougher when you don't have a cough button. That's I try to do this. True. I try to cover. I, I know. know. You did pretty good. But uh, we had mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, I guess KJ Clark making it official is going to be back. Some help uh, for Jeff uh, at uh, at inside linebacker. Maybe it won't be totally barren uh, for him, which is good. And I don't expect him to get to the season with that anyway. But uh, a chance to finish well with uh, Wu Spencer and uh, – tight end uh, prospect uh, that had been committed to Purdue that visited last weekend uh, and this uh, Crocker, this offensive lineman who was committed to Mississippi State for a long time uh, is going to be visiting as well. Both of them, you know, three-ish, four-ish star guys. I, I feel like I should learn, I should have learned not to to get overly like optimistic or that sort of thing, but when, when things go roughly and then things start to, like, okay, this is what I was hoping I would see, this is what I wanted to see, I kind of want to lean into it. Like it's hard not to be really, really optimistic and happy with Jeff just sort of landing with a plan uh, and, and executing. Like they are reloading and, and sort of resituating at almost every position better than we've seen in a really long time. And it's hard not to juxt like the juxtaposition with basketball, you know, and how much the new coaching staff obviously misfired with uh, recruiting and constructing the roster and Jeff was just the exact opposite from because like the biggest concerns if there if you want to call it that because I think the vast majority of people in Louisville were happy with Satterfield took the Cincinnati job and Jeff Brom came in so at that point in the recruiting process you're like well most of the groundwork's been laid are these kids that and we're on the record we wouldn't didn't think they were all going to follow Satterfield or anything like that no but are they going to take some of the other high-level high, high level offers they have? Like, is this class going to fall apart? Jeff answered those questions like the first weekend he was in town. He flew out to California, watched the state championship game, had meetings individually with every recruit they had out there, and largely everybody came, with the exception of um, of Moore, who was kind of on the fence already, you know, and, and, and we understood that. He did that. He brought a couple of the top prospects from his class. He hammered the portal immediately and brought in defensive starter caliber players or development prospects. Really kind of hit the ground running to the point where we've had to, like, no, I'm not trying to do it, but you almost have to ask yourself, do we need to temper expectations? Because people are, are starting to really, really start expecting things from this season. I don't really want to do that. We've talked about this before. Like, we need hope. We need some good stuff to talk about. I'm not really going to temper anything at this point. Like, go wild. I don't really care. Like, I was worried about it before. I let go of that pretty quickly. Let's get nuts. You know, like, the fact that they, they, they landed with a plan. They stuck to their plan. 
They're left with a roster with few holes. They have a couple of places they need to, to buttress before the beginning of the season. There's plenty of time to do that uh, post-spring practice and everything. I'm excited about what they've been able to do in a short amount of time. I listened to the uh, CBS Sports, their college football podcast, uh, with Chip Patterson, Bud Elliott, Danny Cannell, Tom Fornelli, those four. Uh, and they, in a lengthy discussion about new head coaching hires around the country, uh, multiple times Jeff Brom was brought up as the best fit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's easy. That's the easy question. But when asked which coach maybe had the, the most work to do, none of them obviously said him. But then when asked which coach seems like they're kind of positioned right now to maybe get off to a really good start, both, uh, two of the four guys said Jeff Brown. Yeah. Uh, Danny Cannell and Bud Elliott both uh, said that they thought you know, that, that Louisville was well positioned to – that it, it wouldn't take much for, for Louisville to be a nine-win team next year. Yeah. And it wouldn't have taken much for them to be one last year no. uh, either. But when you think about a schedule that you get – Notre Dame at home. I mean, that's not going to be an easy game, but you get Notre Dame at home. But you get your hardest game at home. You get Notre Dame at home. You get Kentucky at home. It's still going to be a difficult game, but you get them at home. That's a difficult game until we win it. You that's know, right. Like, no that's no matter right. who the coach is. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and you don't draw Florida State, and you don't draw Clemson on your schedule this year. Like, if And you're going to inherit a quarterback who already knows the offense. Yeah. Uh, starting you know in this spring, you've got pretty decent depth just about everywhere. You know, Dave, I don't mind folks having optimism like that. And the crazy thing about saying that Louisville might go, like, if if you were to say that Louisville goes nine and three next year, like there's at least a chance that that's like seven and one in the ACC. Right. You know because you could say let's say they lose to Notre Dame and Kentucky or something. It could be the ACC championship game. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not insane, especially in the first year without uh, the, the divisions, and you don't play Florida State or Clemson, so you wouldn't need them to lose twice. Sure. If you did lose to them, and there's like, not a lot of overwhelmingly talented teams. I think well, going the, into next year, the rest of of your your conference games are Boston College here, Virginia here, at NC State, which is heavily turned over, but at NC State, Duke. Here, Virginia Tech here, at Miami, at Pitt, and we'll see what those teams are, are, are like or are made of by the end of the year or whenever it is because we're going to learn the schedule on, on Monday. Yeah. But I think you're well within your rights to, to hope for big things in year one. I think that they're at least going to be capable of it. It's, it's an extremely gettable schedule regardless of how it shakes out. Like It really is on the surface a very gettable schedule. Um, yeah, Murray State and Indiana in the in the non-con, you know, and obviously there's Kentucky, which we don't know yet. We'll see how we feel about that going into the season. From a distance, I feel pretty optimistic about it because Scott Satterfield isn't our coach anymore, and I, <laughs> you know, and, and we'll see what they look like with Liam Cohen and, and Devin Leary. I, I happen to believe in Devin Leary as a quarterback, so I'm I'm holding out. Like I, I I'm never overwhelmed with the Stoops. I don't think that's a an auto loss by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we'll see how, how the teams shake out next year. But looking at the rest of the conference, I just don't – with Clemson off the schedule and with Florida State being the, the team that's trending up the most concretely, both off the schedule, like, there are such huge questions at Miami. We don't really know what's going on down there right now with, with uh, Crystal Ball and, and, and everything that's – the massive what staff mess, overhaul right? already. They lost like a third of the roster or more. Gas um, got fired earlier today. So yeah, that, that was the turnover of the, roster, of the staff that I was talking about. Um, but, like, that's that's So they'll be in year one of a mess. new offense. Exactly. Right. Virginia Tech, we have no idea right now. They weren't impressive last year. Uh, Hard to imagine, like, a giant leap forward. From what they right. were this past season. Right. Virginia was a mess last season with the new coaching staff. Um, at Pitt, I mean, I tend to believe they're always going to be a solid team. Maybe not always great, but always good. Agreed. And it's on the road. Um, Duke was good last year. We haven't been home, but they were good last year. We don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, and then Boston College, whatever, Georgia Tech, we'll see. First game of the year. Um, but that feels on the, on the surface like a very gettable 
schedule, does it not? I mean, it's. I feel like at worst two and two in the non-con, maybe three and one. And I don't want to go off the rail and say like you could beat Notre Dame. I have no idea. But you could say best case scenario, probably three and one in the non-con. That conference schedule. There are no auto losses on that schedule. From a distance, right now, no. we haven't seen one snap of football. Right. We don't really know how it's going to turn out, but like just on the surface, we don't. Nothing looks unattainable from here. Nothing feels off the table in conference. Then we're going to get to spring and Jack Plummer's like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. All of a sudden he, he gets hurt, knock on wood, and it's just like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> I guess we'll see Pierce day one, I guess. There you go. Oh, yeah, it's Pierce Clarkson's team. <laughs> so, Dave, you say conference title or bust right now? Oh, sure, yeah. Get Taylor, <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, Taylor Lynch over here. Conference title or bust. No, you know, like, it's it's not hard. Like, I'm not here to – right out the gate, I was worried that we would build this first season up to the point where, like, a nine-win year was going to be a disappointment. Now I really don't care. <laughs> Everything else is a disappointment. <laughs> build it up as much as you want. I was going to say, like, <laughs> the one thing we could say, for, like, we need – we could use this really badly. And I yeah. would think that, uh, that Josh Hurd and UofL – uh, when looking at uh, various spreadsheets and such, could def- could definitely use yes. this this kind of season that we're talking about. And I think well, one of the reasons that you you we had uh, Dave Bartu on earlier, the uh, CFP Matrix, like the coach, you know, consultant. Is Jeff is a championship caliber coach. He's a badass. His words, like you, this is Louisville, and Louisville football wins when the coach is a it's net not. positive. You know, there there are, I do think. Without question, there will be a game this year that they win because Jeff Brom's the coach. And that we'll look at it and be like, that was where Jeff Brom's imprint was. Like, that'll happen. And, and Which was the question you had for the last four years. Like, can you point, you, you constantly ask the question, which was a valid question and one that, at the end of the day, nobody could say yes to. Can you point to one game where you say, without a doubt, we won that game? because Scott Satterfield is our head coach. And he was really hard to point to that. And I think at the end of the at the end of the day, that was kind of the base question for all of us. And the main reason why this relationship other than like the South Carolina stuff and whatever and the weird relationship between the city and university and the coach. At the end of the day, everyone was so lukewarm on Scott Satterfield that it was God, I just Sometimes I have to pinch myself, Mark, that that dude got out of town and we they paid us for him. Oh, like, yeah. I, I honestly like that's it. Gonna, sounds ridiculous if you if you told me beforehand that that's going to happen. I'd be all like, time oh, finesse stop, job. Stop messing with me. Like stop right? it. I can't. Yeah. Like that's the best right. case scenario. Like that's the one that all right, ridiculous tell me what to really talk happened. about. Yeah, ridiculous. Right. Like right. when when we're talking about the scenarios with Scott Satterfield at the end of the year. That's the one where it's that like, one was shut not up. there. Yeah, he's going to leave, and we're going to get paid for it now. Yeah, that no, he's going to no, go no, to no. a team that used to be a big rival here, Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> right. He's going to go tank their program for a couple of years. So they get less chesty. <laughs> it's going to sound utter like sour grapes, but uh, do it. Who cares? Will he be the coach there in four years? No, I don't. Th- I don't. No, absolutely not. I, th- like, he I think leaves he leaves or fired. You think he will? Leaves or fired. I think that they are so accustomed to a certain level of football right now, um, with one exception in the last 20 years, going from Luke Fickle to Tommy Tuberville 2.0, you know, or to, to Scott Satterfield, is going to be a culture shock and one that they are not going to be prepared for. Even if he comes out and wins seven games, that's going to be three or four games less than what they wanted <laughs> and what they're getting accustomed to. Uh, if he's out and he's mediocre, they will get rid of him quickly. So you don't think they build into the, you know, we're moving a new conference as a, quote, better conference than the one we're in? That, I mean, I don't think he can win nine games in that conference. Yeah, I don't think he will get to nine either, but. Yeah. I mean, now that I say that, I'm thinking more he'll get like it's, three years. I think he'll be at least in year three. That fourth that, year is. Yeah. yeah the, way I, the way I, the way I, I took the question was like, is he going to last more than four years at Cincinnati? Right. And I think there's no way. Like, I think that it, whether it's the third year or the fourth year, whenever, it's that combination, Spencer, like you were just referring to, it's the combination of that sustained success 
that they've had and moving into a new conference so they have not adjusted expectations. They won't see the Big 12 as like this unattainable thing. Oh, I think the vast majority of Cincinnati fans are thinking, is the Big 12 ready for us? Exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. I think, right. Like I don't think that they've adjusted expectations to where, <laughs> right, the, to where they, like the Big 12 is some big step up for them. In their mind, the Big 12 is just another conference full of teams they should beat. Oh, I, I think you're right about that, and I and which will work to Scott's detriment is what I mean. Absolutely, like, yeah. I I have always thought that Cincinnati was smart to view itself as a it's a young man's job, it's a climber's job, yeah, and you embrace it. It's not unlike Louisville in that way. Really. No, I I, I in, at times at least. Yeah. See, I think uh, for instance, Arkansas State had this going for a while. You know, where coaches came in there and it was like, you, you, here's your chance to show your, your weird offensive chops in particular. Central Michigan. And go on. And Central Michigan was. was Cincinnati would hire all, all the That's Central right. Michigan coaches. But, like, you, those jobs, the minute any of those jobs look for somebody who won't leave, they, they end up with someone they can't get rid of. Can't get rid of. Exactly. Yeah, and and I, I still believe that. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I'm very skeptical that it works out. And it's not me rooting against him. I don't uh, care what happens. I, exactly. Like, I don't care enough to root against him. Uh, but it's one of those things that I just – I think it's a terrible fit for him. I think it's I a agree. terrible situation for him. This is – I mean, Cincinnati is a bigger city than Louisville. Well, I, those like, – Like, just culturally, it's not a better life, fit. Dave. He right. Like, the, the most one, – one of the top five most ridiculous quotes anybody has ever uttered as some – any kind of a justification or reason for taking a job. Like, dude – you were scared to get out of your neighborhood. Like, I, I, I can't imagine you went to any of the wonderful ethnic restaurants we had in Louisville. You know, like let's just go to go to Cracker Barrel. Who ate it? Who has eaten at more restaurants in Louisville? Scott Satterfield or Luke Burgess? Luke, Luke Burgess. Yeah, you like sure. that, right? It's gotta be right. It's gotta be right. Gotta be right. Like he's without question, he's has done so. Yeah. Uh, go for it, yeah. We're, we're Absolutely. Steal that chair from us. That is totally okay with us. Uh, we're out here at the back door, as yeah, you can hear. We are. Uh, and somebody needs a share, and they're going to take it, and that is fine uh, with us. Now, I'm skeptical that it'll work uh, there as well, but I, I'm not skeptical about it working with Jeff. Like We no. have all. I'm all in, man. I think it's perfect. It. We're finally going to have a coach, I think, who sees – what and and how we see Lul, and it means and we that's almost all anyone has ever wanted uh, for Louisville football to have. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't care if Jeff stays here forever or not. But for right, I think he's the right man for the right time. That's right. And if he ever leaves, it will be after the job is done. Whatever right. that job looks that's like, right. it's after the job's done. He's not going to be a climber. You know, he's not going to leave, get a whim after three years, and say this isn't for me. Like, I, I just – and there's always the potential that he wants a statue. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe he stays 20 years. Yeah, I think you're right. But I don't, I'm not putting that on him. I'm just saying, like, I, I just – it feels like right job, right guy, right time. And it feels like that doesn't come together all the time for a program like Louisville. It may come together more often for places like Alabama or Ohio State where they have to pick of the litter. This is something that doesn't happen very often for Louisville, for a program like Louisville, for middle class, you know, for a reacher. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay calling us that. That's not what we're always going to be. We don't always have to be that. But we've always been an aspirational program in football. Upwardly and mobile. Upwardly mobile. And this is the chance. For all of that, it could be like flame diffused, man. Like it could really be that for this program. And it's, it, I'm just happy that the timing worked out. And I'll always be grateful for Scott Satterfield for effing off when he did. Honestly, like I, I just—I mean, if I'm just going to be honest with you, let's just pull it all off. Like for for deciding to skip town and do us the biggest favor he's ever done. How excited is this fan base for football right now? Can I? You know, I, I was just this just jumped into my my brain for just a, a second. I had forgotten about this, but. In retrospect, like, Scott really was going to get out of here the minute he could. Yeah. And I was thinking about this stuff for just a second. I had someone who is uh, a well-developed – it's not anyone that lives here, by the way, so don't, don't waste any time trying to figure out who it is. A well-developed source about, like, what Scott 
wants to do yeah. career-wise. And that person, back in December, very early December, reached out to me and was like, Scott wants the Georgia Tech job. And I was like, what? Like, first of all, he hasn't been that good. And if he doesn't like Louisville, what does he think Atlanta is like? <laughs> right? Yeah. Didn't end up in Cincinnati. But he now that I look Magic back. City. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, Scott. name dropping that in the, in the, uh, the oh, press Scott. conference? And he doesn't know what it is. Someone's like, no. you know what you should do? do whatever you Make sure you mention Magic City. yourself the look. <laughs> the Magic Shop. Mention the Magic City. Yeah, that would be so good if he did that. Oh, my God. That would be Limit so Pepper funny. And Magic City. <laughs> oh, my God. I would give anything. I would, I would have. Man. I'm not sure I would have survived that. Regardless. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Scott's out of it. Like now the, I, real, you know, now I realize. Now I realize. strip club capital in the country. This person is telling me this because, like, Scott really just wanted to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Which is fine. In retrospect. Or, he you wanted know, to catch the next thing steaming. Yeah. Like, it, it, was, it was not an act that he, was not on, that he was not comfortable here. It was clear. Yeah, that turned out to, to be totally true. Yeah. And I, I warred against that more than I wish I had now in retrospect. Well, it. The thing's made sense, but I want to be like, look, dude, you can get over it. You can make Louisville your home, but some people it just ain't going to work. By the way, uh, really quickly before we get to, to the phones, the Wall Street Journal, Rachel Bachman uh, reporting, NWSL is going to add teams in Utah, Boston, and San Francisco. Utah, huh? Interesting. Boston and San Francisco were expected. $50 million expansion fees for each one, so a big cash influx. It's going up. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like a – that's a good thing for the league. It's a good it's sign for the league. I think. Yeah, that, that, the, that the franchise fee is going up. Um, yeah, it's good. Good news. Let's get to Damien in here, and if you want to follow Damien, you can. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. We're out here at the back door. Damien, welcome into the drive. What's up, buddy? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, just wanted to ask your. Uh, I don't know if you've already talked about this or not, but what is your all uh, gut feeling on potentially uh, Blue Spencer? Uh, visiting this weekend, do you think that he's leaning towards Louisville? Also, I know that the tight end from Purdue that is committed to them, uh, the guy out of Indiana, I can't think of his name, but I know that he visited last week. Um, do you think that he might also flip to us on signing day? And also, I know there's another offensive lineman that is, that is visiting. I know that there's been a bunch of crystal ball picks to us. Uh, do you think that this could be I mean, do you think we're only just going to take three high school players total if it all breaks the way it's going to break? And uh, also, I agree with you, Mark. Uh, I don't, well, excuse me, Biscuit. I think that Scott's going to be gone probably within two years because I think that that fan base in Cincinnati is not going to tolerate uh, what we had to tolerate. So thanks for taking my call. Y'all have a good weekend. Yep, appreciate it. Yeah, I, look, I, I think that uh, there's a probably a, you know, a good chance that's all that they do for signing day yeah. next week. For the, for the uh, next signing Best day, case, yeah. you know, would be those three. But that's three really good players. Good uh, three really, really good players. And they will have, uh, I, I think, wonderfully addressed the offensive line and the defensive front seven, although I guess it depends on what they're going to do with Spencer because I think he could do either one, right? He could be a lineman in, uh, on either line. Uh, but they w- it would have been excellent in terms of bringing in these offensive linemen uh, and – this tight end uh, that was uh, that was committed to uh, Purdue and, and who visited is really athletic, like a really nice looking player. But he's he's going to have to develop, I think, physically. Like six six two hundred. But like George Burin yeah. is his, uh, is his name. He's a slender guy. He's not like a you know. A he's like Ryan Hubble. Remember Ryan Hubble? Yeah, do you remember Ryan Hubble? That's like that's my you know six three two fifteen tight end. Uh, but you know, strong, athletic guy that can run. Uh, you know, he'll. The nice thing about it is, I think if you flip him, it, I think it's fifty-fifty. I think they got a chance. We'll see. You know what what becomes of between now and, and signing day. But if they do, between he and Jamari Johnson, like that's two different kinds of guys. But they can both play tight end in this yeah, offense. Jamari's game ready right now. Uh, yes. Like he's he's got a pro body as an eighteen-year-old. Uh, he will be here three years Byrne, and out the door. Out the door. Yes. Byrne is like six six two oh five. Like he's 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 got he's got to put on forty pounds to play tight end at least at, at the uh, at the Division one level. Um, but he looks like a good prospect, and we're going to need multiple effective tight ends in the Jeff Brom system. 
So, look, yeah, I, I think, and if they did that, that would put them in a position, I think, that probably would have a couple of spots that they would basically just hold on to until after the spring window kind of opens. Uh, and then you'll see them, I think, trickle in a couple of more transfers because they'll have a couple more tra- There's transfers There's the post-spring out. period. Yeah, like that's, you're going to have, like, it's almost a, a guarantee. You're going to have some defensive back and some wide receiver leave. There'll be at least one or two wide receivers, I think. Yeah. Oh, we already had D. Wiggins. Like, somebody else right. is, gonna, is going to shake out in the rotation. Right, because you're going to get guys that get to the end of the spring semester and into spring practice and be like, I'm clearly way behind a yeah. lot of people. I've got six dudes in front of me. All three guys that came in are, are all – like, three of the newcomers are in front of me. You know, like, I'm not going to get snaps here, and I'm a junior. Like, I need to go somewhere where I can play right now. Like, that'll happen. We brought in talent at that position this offseason. Where do you think they've upgraded the most? If anywhere. Upgrade, I'd say receiver. Yeah. I would. Yeah, even losing Tyler Hudson. I mean, that's a, a serious influx of talent between the transfer portal uh, and the, the freshman class. I mean, we brought, added six guys to that room, and we were struggling to fight as much as I liked the potential of a lot of our receivers with Braden Smith and Amari Huggins-Bruce, which I still maintain that Amari Huggins-Bruce is going to, I think, explode under Jeff Braum. But not like that Clemson player's balls. Not like the <laughs> – not like that man's testicles, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I we struggled to find a second option, a consistent second option this year. Even with an established Marshawn Ford, we still had a, yep. a hard time game in and game out having a consistent second receiver. It was a, it was a real bummer for me uh, for the Kentucky game in particular because I thought Louisville finally stood up in the trenches. Yep. The, the, in the Kentucky game, yep. they ran the ball well and pass protected pretty well and got after the quarterback pretty well. The the utter, like, steamrolling thing that had happened the first two times Sat had played uh, Kentucky did not happen. And that what, what disappointed me the most was that that game basically came down to Louisville's wide receivers could not get open. Yeah. And that even when Brock Doman had a little bit of time to throw, no one was open. There was a and real – Brock decided to float in – throw off his back foot on every pass as well. Which was there was a, a need, a <laughs> desperate need for to add danger yeah. to that position. Because I think Louisville's wide receivers were were physical. You know that guy, right? Hey, yeah, uh, you have some idea who that so. is? Stranger. Stranger danger. As, uh, <laughs> as we're sitting here, uh, Dave's uh, mom and dad uh, just Mom strolling. left her phone in the car <laughs> that I'm borrowing from her since I'm car well, shopping right now. that's a good now. reason as any to and go I out. said, y'all should come by and get a – Hey, Mom, you, this is where you order drinks over here, Mom. This will just let Dave do these instructions on the air. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, they, I agree with you. I think in terms of like a like a vast improvement, wide receiver, I think without question. I mean, listen, Jamari Thrash is that danger, you know, that, that we're talking Coleman about. is also that danger. Coleman, yeah. And I also think Foles is underrated. I agree. So, like multiple guys. And we I, don't know what we have with Jimmy Callaway and Jane Thompson, guys that were highly regarded recruits right. that have good bodies, you know, good receiver bodies, can be physical. Like we don't know what he can tap into those guys too. Like it's it's there's a lot of potential there. And it, it might sound crazy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I think you can make a really good case that they have they have made a an enormous upgrade at quarterback. And, and I'm not saying that in a way of being of uh, being critical of Malik Cunningham because I think, but in terms of executing what the offense is now and depth, I think Jack Plummer and Pierce Clarkson, and we'll see what what whatever it is that they decide to do. With Which I thought I thought Evan Conley is just I thought cruising he was insta transfer. Yeah, I thought he was cruising for a coaching position somewhere. Wouldn't it know? be weird if he's the quarterback? <laughs> After We're all, all talking about everything else. Talking about one Evans, time. Evans, he's, he's laid in the weeds all season, and then he comes out. Ah, I'm feeling good now. I'm healthy. Let's go. Give me the ball. Give me the ball, coach. I'm ready to play. He had the long term in mind the whole way. Like <laughs> right. he knew that Jeff was coming. He's leaving. He's Jeff's waiting coming out in. These I years. gotta say, I only have so many reps exactly. in this body. Yeah, this shoulder sore. <laughs> the glory's coming. Yeah, <laughs> that would be something else. Too. He's like, look what he could do with these small quarterbacks and walk-ons. And, uh, I got this one. <laughs> Let me step in when Jeff Brown comes in. But no, I think it's fair. Like even the most ardent Malik Cunningham supporters and defenders, he had his limitations. He had his limitations, and more than that, he devolved. He. 
he devolved. He went downhill last. Like he was worse last year than he was his junior year. He yeah. was worse his, his junior year than he was his sophomore year. Especially as a thrower. As a thrower, like he right. used to. There were things you could depend on. He could throw the deep ball. That's right. And these things left him. His yeah. senior year, and his, his poise left him. He turned back into a pumpkin when he it did. comes to the deep ball. No, you're right. And and like, so it's not unfair to say this quarterback, Jack Plummer, who knows the system, who he might be pretty milk toast and pretty regular, but he can make the throws. We've seen it. Bring him in. He knows the system. It might be a better quarterback for the system and a better fit and better for this team than Malik and Brock were last year for that team. Well, and, and your, your backup is – is a, a really talented freshman. Yeah. And Evan Conley, if he's healthy, at least, you know, to whatever extent he's going to be competitive in that in that quarterback room. I mean, I, I think that that's a much deeper capable room than than having to play, you know, Brock Doman or somebody like that who just has his physical limitations. And on top of that, we have more faith. The football community has more faith for good reason and Jeff Brom as a quarterback developer. And a quarterback coach. That's true too. Has he ever had a season where his quarterbacks didn't play well or didn't have a good statistical season? He always makes it work with whatever you give him. So automatically I feel better about uh, this starter from Cal, you know, who Plummer, used to be in his Who season. is not related to Jake Plummer. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's Despite Jack Plummer. What I was just saying, like, whatever quarterback oh, you bring in, I got you. a starter from another Power 5 team, you bring him in, I automatically feel better about him under Jeff Brom than I do uh, Malik, who was devolving under Scott Satterfield's watch. If nothing else, like it, it was was topped out. Yeah, like he was a finished product. He was going to be what he was. And like even if he came I'm back for a, he got a, a 37th combine, year, though. like if he got a 93rd year at Louisville and played for Jeff Brom, I still think he'd be about the same. Yeah, but he probably looked. But he probably put him in better positions to succeed. I'll put it that way. But I just think he was what he was, and, and that's okay if you can. I would, your best loved, option, go with it. I would have loved for him to have a guy like Jeff Brom from his freshman year and see what he could have turned into. Really. Uh, because for what was, it's worth. Because he's worse as a senior. I'm not trying to, to pick on him. But it is pretty easy to throw the deep ball when it's basically like, let me try to overthrow Tutu L.L. Mm, that's fair. Tends to make you look pretty good. That's fair. All right, let's get Evan uh, in here. Evan, welcome into the drive on 9th and the out here at the back door. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, bud. Um, no, I just wanted to call in. I'm so excited. Um, I think football is, we're finally going to be back on track. I do, you know, I, I, the Satterfield credit, you know, we, we built a decent offensive line and the front yeah. seven of that defense last year was tough. And they were, you know, we, we actually were able to depend on the defense to win games, which was nice. But then you think about it like, they went seven and five, and you know, ten years ago, would we have thought seven and five was even a good season? No, I mean, you know, with Bobby Ball 1.0, Charlie Strong, you know, I think the floor was nine wins for a while, right? So, I just think you know, getting a real coach in here that wants to be here, he's clearly bringing the right talent in, size, speed. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm, you know, I've been a lifelong Louisville fan, and I just, it just feels good. And it feels good that it's, you know, that we can all just sit back and watch and, you know, I, like not make Kentucky an automatic win again, obviously, because they have owned us. But come on, we're not, I'm not worried about them blowing us out now. I mean, I don't think any Louisville fan is. So Certainly not intimidated, think, right. You know, exactly. And it's good. To, I mean, it's just. You know, this is this is a good program. You know, the great stadium, good facilities. And, I mean, everything is there. And now we got a guy that can get us there. And like you all said, he's a championship caliber coach. So with that, I just like I said, I wanted to say how excited it is, and I cannot wait for football season. Don't want to wish the summer away, but I'm looking forward to September. Anyway, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Appreciate appreciate uh, the call there. Yeah, I I think a lot of people uh, share this excitement and optimism. And I think what's really exciting about Jeff in particular is he is a demonstrated coach in terms of having guys ready for the biggest of games. Exactly. And it's the place where Scott really I think fumbled it's the, the bat. Yes, yeah. like they might 
they would occasionally, it's, you know, at, at Purdue, they would lose a random game uh, to Northwestern or somebody in the Big Ten. It would drive you a little bit nuts. But, like, if they played Ohio State or Michigan or somebody, like, they gave them every bit of whatever they could handle. Three and two against top five teams. Right. Uh, which is crazy uh, for, for at a for place Purdue. like Purdue. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so I think it's right to be excited about that. And what I'm looking forward to, maybe more than anything else, and I miss it. I mean this. I miss this. I miss being hated. I'm dead serious about that. I miss teams dreading having to play Louisville and getting embarrassed. Don't you dare pat me on the head. Yeah, stop. It's well, I because like, yeah, you know what's not going to happen next year. Not one time. I, I could, I'm positive. I'm never right about anything, but I'm going to be right about this. <laughs> there will be nobody, not one head coach next year who gets asked about or who says, uh, you know, extemporaneously that uh, Jeff's doing a good job. He's yeah. a good coach. No one's going to say that. Not <laughs> once. No one's going to pat us on the head and nope. tell us to chill out or nothing like They'll that. They'll be too worried uh, about game planning. No, I hope they're mad as hell. That's what I'm saying. I hope they're like there was no need for that last touchdown. Whatever, like I, that's that's what I want. Yeah, and I certainly don't want any more of this head padding. I was there too, guys. Hang in there. Go to hell. He's a good coach. Just stick with him. Sorry. If you have to tell someone he's a good coach, a good coach, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on this one. Give you guys one more segment if you want to jump in here on the driving attendant. Bear right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull out here at the back door. A couple texts in to the UPS job text line really quickly. Uh... One says, I can't wait for Dabo to get that first dose of Jeff in his offense. I agree. I think yeah. that that's the kind of game we're talking about. If there was ever, you know, Louisville's version of those games that he had Purdue up for is going to be, that's one of them. Can I ask you a question real quick? Well, sure. Does, does it feel like Tim Robinson could play a good version of Dabo? Oh. I feel like he, there's a lot of similarity between his, like, dumb guy expression voice yeah. and yeah. playing an over-the-top version of Dabo. Yeah, whoever played Phil on Modern Family also, I think, would be a good Dabo. Yeah, I kind of has that like wholesome. Ty, uh, whatever his name is, right? You know, starts with a B. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Phil from Modern Family. Yeah. Burrell, it's Burrell. Burrell, okay. there we go. Yeah. Says, I, hey, good job. You got me. You got me there, Spencer. You got me there. Thank you. Couple something productive. A couple of other texts here. I'll give Scott this. I'm a Scott Satterfield. He gave Dave Clawson that work. He did. He did. He did. Off all. Isn't that funny? Like of all the people, like he totally had Dave Clawson's number. Got him three or four years, right? Yep. And I will say this: to his credit, from where we were left at the beginning of his tenure, he did put five players in the NFL Combine this year, which is a big deal. And if they get drafted, uh, Yasir Abdullah, Tyon Evans, Malik Cunningham, Trey Clark, and Yaya Diaby are all going to be at the. Draft combine, which is good, good for them. And it's good representation. Them, it's good representation. Texture says, "Do you think Jeff will have to love the team up after the trauma of losing their head coach?" I, I think you can smell, taste, and see the sarcasm in that uh, that that text into the UPS jobs text line. I, it does remind me, though. I I think maybe the biggest challenge that Scott's going to have when he gets to Cincinnati is that those players don't want 
love. I don't know how else to say. You know what I mean? Like they they didn't go play for Luke Fickle for fellowship. Mark, and and is, when he's when he walks in with that yeah. that uh, approach, like I I think there's at least a decent chance that the response is going to be like you're a dork. When they come out of the game, they lose to Iowa State. You know, they they're not going to care anything about that anymore. Like there's a balance to be struck. Like it's not like you don't make it a fun environment where they want to be, but they care about winning. You know, that's what football players care about. And it's it stinks to me of like, and again, there's a hundred ways to to skin a cat. Like it's I hate that expression, but it's <laughs> like You're a psychopath, right? That's right. Like you ha- you know a hundred different ways to skin a cat, <laughs> but like. When you've been recruited to a certain style, and then this guy comes in, it, it, it makes me think of, like, Petrino to Crackthorpe. You know, like, that kind of stark change in approaches probably ain't going to sit well if you don't win games right out of the gate. It feels really similar to me. Well, Not, I d- not really making Fickle and Petrino analogous, just saying, like, right. the difference in approaches. Well, Scott was, I think, probably was exactly the right guy to follow immediately after Bobby in terms of you know, overcorrecting you know, issues because his first year showed like Bobby was such a negative that, that otherwise pretty good players were completely checked out. Uh, and, and that's good. But I don't, he's not walking into a, to a locker room that is beaten and, and checked out. He's walking into one who, who lost – one of the best coaches in college football. Yeah. And I don't know if his approach is going to work there, but I think the opposite. I think Jeff coming in after him here, like you're, it's largely going to be guys bought in already. Like it wasn't a healthy locker room, and I, I think Jeff will, will hone that. I don't think he's going to have any problem at all either. And the danger will – and I think you, you look at how the, the respective teams reacted when they left their former places. Like Jeff's a serious championship type coach, but he also – his players loved him, yeah. and they respected him. And they him. played for him. And they played That's for right. him. And you saw how they reacted when he left. It, was, it wasn't it was a lot of, like, sour grapes and anything. He wasn't deceitful. He wasn't two-faced. I think he, pro- he, he, he met with them in person. He did do that before he left Purdue. And I think he laid it out and told them exactly how this was, and they weren't blindsided. They understood that he was going home. And there's only one home for people. South and he, Carolina. Was, he got a chance, right? He got a chance <laughs> to do that, as opposed to Scott, who preached this certain way of doing things. And at the end, we saw a lot of people that were burned, or at least kind of like, <laughs> "All right, that's how it is," by Satterfield leaving and not doing it the right. I don't care what people say about standards and how things are done. When you sell that kind of vision and that kind of culture, and then you don't have the the time to sit down with your players and have a players-only meeting with whoever can make it, that is a contradiction. That is a problem. And people and the players didn't take it well. A lot of them had things to say about him on his way out of town. And that's the danger when you sell a certain image or you, you sell a certain culture and then you don't live up to it on the way out. I'm not saying you had to keep that job for the rest of your life, but it was clear he was living – He was he was – talking out of two sides of his mouth because he was trying to get the hell out of Louisville. Was always trying to get always. out. Always. Right. And that's fine. It worked out. It's great. Happy where we're at. Did want to give a, uh, a couple of shout-outs here. One uh, to Donovan Mitchell uh, for uh, mm-hmm. earning uh, the distinction of being the first Louisville player to earn a an all-star starting nod uh, in the very competitive Eastern Conference. He has been a spectacular addition to Cleveland. It has been a hit. He's got the kind of uh, supporting cast and roster that he always wanted in the Western Conference with Utah. Uh, It's going extremely well for him. Thrilled for him and how that's turned out so far. He's had a phenomenal year. Uh, His shooting percentages are all up. Uh, He's he's averaging 28 points a game. He has some help. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Give Donnie some help. He has the right kind of pieces around him. That's right. He had some talent around him in Utah, and I like the roster, actually. As it when it was healthy, but what, I really liked it. What he needed in Utah that I think he definitely has now uh, with Cleveland is if there weren't enough, I think, consistent offensive pieces to where if 
teams overcorrected or were like hyper focused. I mean, there wasn't anybody else that really like blew up and made them and punished people. And he has guys with that kind of potential on the Cleveland roster. When he, when Bogdanovich was healthy, that's when you talk well, about that one good Joe Ingles year. That's right. That's <laughs> when they got the closest to that's right. what they needed to be. Uh, Bogdanovich was an excellent player and a phenomenal shooter and a very good scorer. Um, but they just didn't have enough. He was hurt a lot, and they didn't. They just never got quite got the chemistry right. Uh, but obviously, he's happy in Cleveland. And it's funny we've talked about him less this year than we've ever talked about him having his best season. It's weird. <laughs> he has been so we little, never little, talk about him again. They maybe they win the championship. Yeah, he wins. Wins maybe wins a title. They, you know, they have a sneaky good team. They could be a they're, uh, they're they could good, be a sleeper man. in the East. Well, I mean, they were a playoff team a year ago and switched out Jimmy Sexton for – not Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton. <laughs> Jimmy Sexton would be a terrible guard. That's the kind of player that he had at Utah, Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> Joe Ingles looks – And Markinen. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. Uh, but they, you, know, you trade Colin Sexton for, for Donovan, and that you didn't really give up much more in terms of, like, the young Markinen dynamic was the, pieces. Was the bigger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's – it seems to have worked out for everyone. And you know who has not blossomed and made a gigantic impact on the team? Rudy Gobert <laughs> in Minnesota. He's been uh, unmasked uh, a little bit. Who would have thought that? Worth like 97 first-round picks, and uh, he hasn't done a damn thing. That was wild to me that they got that return. Like with the reputation he has, obviously a phenomenal defender in the regular season. But in the postseason, he is lunch. Like there's a reason why like he, he can put up good numbers in the regular season, but when it gets to like these talented perimeter players driving to the paint, they are not as, they are not afraid of Rudy Gobert. And it's a he's a good big game. on big he's a good big on big defender, you know. And like it's just watching him get cooked over and over and over again in the playoffs. Why would anybody scheme right out of him, the series? Right, sign him and and well trade for him with those that many assets. That you know what that if was. If you're a serious franchise and you want to win postseason games, that was Minnesota recognizing we get an F like every year, and if we make this trade, we can get a B minus, <laughs> and we're gonna do it. That's what they did. They weren't trying to like they just we want to get a B minus because that is amazing compared to what we normally do. I mean, Minneapolis and that Minnesota sports in general has to be like some of the most disappointment. If you're a Minnesota sports fan, it's pretty bad. Like. This is your highlights. Like we had Kevin Garnett for a few years. Now we had fun. we had Brett Favre for a few years. Yeah. And now they had Kirby Puckett. They had Kirby Puckett in the eighties and the early nineties. They won a title. That's about it. Let's get uh, Daniel <laughs> in here before we hit uh, too close to the top of the hour here. Daniel, welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, thanks, guys. Just so two quick things about the upcoming football season. One, yes. I hope Jeff Brom brings back in our Sandman. And two. I want a team to come into Cardinal Stadium and stomp on the bird so we can thoroughly whoop them <laughs> so everybody knows that we're back and they go, oh, yeah, we don't stop on the bird. And I'll <laughs> hang up and listen. Yeah. Who does that this year, Appreciate Miami? It, Daniel. Miami's uh, it. Yeah, I could definitely could see Miami uh, doing – although the game is down there. It is. Uh, well, maybe, but mm. I, could, I could see it. I could see that. Maybe happening. Kentucky gets a wild hair. They like. They oh, like, I, They like pregame antics. Well, especially if if Louisville does seem to have had some some growth, and it looks like it's like you know it's a matchup. Uh, Stoops is all about antics. Yeah. You know in that oh, yeah. game, and so I would not be surprised uh, them trying to psych that sort of thing out. I he think sends every guy in street clothes. I wouldn't want to be within a block of Jeff the week of the U- of the UK game. Would you? Like, I just yeah. think that that would be a disaster. Uh, to be around that guy, he's going to be wound tighter than we've ever seen. Like in a good way, but like, in a good hey, way, hopefully. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the team is going to, I think, reflect him with how they approach that game, and I think that that's welcome uh, in just about everybody's eyes. Give me uh, while we just have a couple minutes here. You got a prediction for for Sunday? These two matchups here. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about those games, did At we? At all, man. I think Bengals Chiefs is going to be an all timer. I used to be a great game, and. Every time I catch myself like leaning hard into the Bengals, I keep reminding myself that Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline, and eventually, I know he takes the zero and three record against Joe Burrow personally. I guarantee he does, and at some point, it's going to break the other way. And it might be Sunday, but like I, I feel like the Bengals are the team right now. I just I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to take the probably take the Eagles. Yeah, I think that the I think the Eagles will also win. The Niners have the worst quarterback left in the playoffs. Right, period. and it, it's I, there's if there's a, a team that I would not want to have to face with a 
with a very young and I think a quarterback that you have to protect, he's you know I would not want to face the Eagles uh, at all. Yeah. And and I don't. Can you say like? Those are probably the two best rosters, top to bottom, in the league are the Eagles and the Niners. Yeah. But I'll, the Eagles have a be- much better quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, totally. If you – it's funny. The matchups in the AFC is it's like you have your out-of-this-world otherworldly quarterback and receiving threats and offense and then some stuff everywhere else. Yeah. And then and the other matchups, you, ha- uh, you have – two quarterbacks that you feel like are mo- sort of incidental because everything else around them is really spectacular. Good, uh, I just – Joe Burrow is awesome. And they have shown, I think, like a, a consistency, and I think they have shown a tremendous amount of mental toughness in, in you know, some of these games that they have played. Uh, they've already – I mean, there's not going to be a better postseason win at Buffalo than the one that they had at, oh, uh, no. at Buffalo. And, uh, their defense is matching their offensive intensity. Too, and I don't – yeah, I agree. And I, I think their defense is underrated, especially yeah. after they – how they yep. get out the quarter, get after the quarterback. I don't believe this thing about Mahomes being totally – no, I don't believe any of that. I think they'll get out – I think Cincinnati is going to win. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I do too. And I, I, I'm sure Cincinnati fans are going, stop it. Stop I know. Picking, uh, please stop picking us. But they just feel like the team this year. And, and I – it's it's boiling down to two quarterbacks I really don't want to pick against. Sure. It is. But right now I'm going to ride Joe Burrow on this one. By the way, I, I believe that uh, Pat Mahomes at this point has played in 12. This one will be 12 playoff games, 10 at home and two Super Bowls. It's wild. <laughs> has never played That's a road wild. playoff that game. That is That's one of the wildest I, stats I've seen out there. It's funny because people throw out, like, they haven't won this many. Like, this, these quarterbacks don't have any road playoff wins or not – because the great teams don't ever play on they don't the road. Have to play on the road, right? Yeah, but Sanchez has four playoff <laughs> road playoff <laughs> wins. Mark Sanchez, one of the greatest to ever do it. That's right. <laughs> All he does is win. Because he, he didn't have a, a couple years, couple good years in New York, man. You had the Lynn Sandy for the week, and then you got the Sanchez for two years. <laughs> That's right. His third year was so bad. <laughs> Are you prepared for uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jack Green? I'm not. I'm not. Nat I, that's, that was, How about that, Dave? <laughs> Nathaniel I, the look, there's no other reason why they hired him. Well, it totally worked for the Broncos when they hired him to get Aaron Rodgers. It'll Surely it'll work this time. It blows up in their face. I'll tell you what, though. If Aaron Rodgers did go to the Jets and he wasn't a giant a-hole, They'd be yeah. in really good shape. If he in the has AC. anything left in the tank, and if he has a chip on his shoulder, yeah, and he's not just like whatever, I'll go play somewhere else. Right. Then sure, so, maybe maybe we get two years of phenomenal football, but I just don't see it happening. He's chasing MVPs, not rings at this point. Yeah. As a uh, Bucks fan, I highly recommend taking your chances here. I would uh, have rather it totally worked with Brady. I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers has that that motivation that Brady has at this point in his career, but I could be wrong. That will do it for us. We appreciate the folks out here at the back door being a great host to us. Uh, as always, you've been listening to The Drive on Night Time the Bill. Have a great weekend.